Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 7 of Rock's Life Podcast. I am your host, Phil Rockwell, along with my co-host, Randy Rockwell. Uh, this will be our first um, episode that is essentially recorded the week before you hear it. So we're recording this on Saturday afternoon, and it'll be posted on our new release day of Thursday. Um, oh, I didn't know we had a new release day. Yeah, it's a little hard when we record on the weekend for me to turn it around and get it out on Monday or Tuesday. So Thursday gives me a little bit more, a uh, little bit more of a buffer between gotcha. release and recording. <clears throat> this will also be our first sort of part two to a podcast. Yes, because both of us, after listening to episode five, uh, we thought it would be a good episode to sort of re-examine um, what we said and what we thought at that time. What was interesting to me is because I edited it. Did I say that right? <laughs> I edited it. Edited. Okay. Um, I heard a lot of things going on in there that that weren't landing with me at the time. And then you came back and you told me that... Um, I believe your exact words were, I sound like a crazy person. Yes. <laughs> okay. So that's much more interesting to me than my reaction. So where did that assessment come from? Because I thought you came off as very open and um, understanding and... Um, my crazy person <clears throat> thought came from my me trying to explain my dream. Okay. Like... It just, like, I realized that a profound experience cannot properly be conveyed in words. A personally profound. Yes. Yes. Well, I think, I, I think what you were, what you were getting at was clear. Okay. And I probably wasn't helpful just because I don't. I don't particularly attribute meaning to my dreams. So maybe I wasn't the perfect person for you to have that conversation with because I didn't have much to give back. Mm -hmm. The insight you were giving was good and made sense and was, I understood. Um, the fact that it was tied to a dream, I didn't have anything really to give you mm -hmm. in that regard. So it was very one-sided and... That was kind of kind of my fault, but I, I don't think you came off as if anything, I think I came off as being sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. No, I guess what you just said made a lot of sense. And I think that was the what I was thinking was listening to it from an outsider's perspective. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that people would have been like, God, would she get off of this already? Yeah. <laughs> It seemed interminable to you, like listening to it. It's like, is this ever going to end? Um, yeah, kind of like I like I, I kept trying to get across the the like you weren't I felt like you weren't picking up on how deeply profound it was to me. Oh, you, so, so I didn't I kept, understand how much it affected you. Yeah. And I kept trying to be like, but I don't think you get it. Like <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get out of you something that I wanted and. And so it made me sound like, well, I guess 
from my perspective, from an from a possible outsider's perspective, it made me sound like I was I wouldn't let it go. Yeah. Um it's interesting about editing that episode. Um, it was the first one where I thought I think it was a big test for us as far as the fact that we released it because that was by far the most personal that we've oh yeah that we've gotten on this podcast and really that's our goal mm-hmm. is to be that open but I ha- uh, it did give me pause mm-hmm. listening to it like is this something we want to we want to put out there and and yeah. <laughs> it's kind of warty and that's uh warty it is warty. warty it shows warts yeah um but we all have them yeah and we like to pretend we don't and i i there was <laughs> there was a there was a time where i wondered i was like should i have you listen to it before we release it i thought based on some things that had happened between the recording and the and the release that I came off much more poorly than you did. Hmm. Um, the last probably 10 minutes was essentially you saying over and over and over that you need words, you need compliments, you need you were asking me for all these things and I didn't hear any of it. Um, and that in our own life that did come to a, a head at a pretty low point, uh, in our marriage. And at that point it did land for me. And then listening to the recording, it troubled me because it was over and over. I was, you know, I, I would probably say, well, sometimes you need to beat me over the head with it. And you did and i just wasn't i wasn't hearing it so i mean well and maybe and maybe that might have been why because that happened mm-hmm. between like you said the recording and the release date maybe that's why i was like my like give it a rest <laughs> You know, for me, because I just felt like I was like pushing and pushing. Because we came pushing. on, we were on the other side of it. Right. I, I think it's fair to say that that probably was the lowest point in our marriage when this issue came to a head. But the fact that we were, that the fact that we were able to come to an understanding, I wondered if that was when you said I sound like a, pra- a crazy person. I wondered if that was something that if that was something that bothered you yeah, listening to it. And to me, it was failure to, to listen because I, I, I try to credit myself as being a good listener. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I had such a, I have such a deficiency with that particular thing. Like it just didn't land, didn't land, didn't land until it blew up. And yeah, and then listening to the podcast again when I was editing it, I was like, good Lord, I was getting smacked in the face with a baseball bat and it may as well have been a butterfly because it was not, I I, I don't, (laughs) the idea that I am a dense person is very troubling to me (laughs) and I don't think it's, I'm consistently dense. But in that in that regard of hearing you say, I need words, I need to be told 
you know, why you love me, that you love me. Um, I don't know why that I was so um, deaf to those, to that pleading. Yeah. And I feel like, because I feel like some of it of it landed on you in a sense of that I was just being insecure because I do have moments in time when <clears throat> when I feel when I get overwhelmed when I get overwhelmed stressed um I tend to my one of the negative behaviors or feelings that comes out is insecurity <clears throat> and so there are times in our relationship where I've said all right, I'm going through an insecure phase. I'm going to need some extra love right now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like from my perspective, perhaps that might have been where you were thinking I was coming from. Maybe, maybe in, in, in terms of the podcast, possibly. And I fortunately now know that about myself. I mean, it's an unfortunate <clears throat> and and it's frustrating to me when I feel insecure. But I think it's it's good that I've gotten to a point where I can name it and and I know like in this phase that I'm in right now I need a little extra attention. <laughs> yeah. Um I do think I, I, I do think we had that that probably does if we go back to um when you had a low point in terms of depression, mm -hmm. when you had that really bad stretch in was it two years, three years ago, it would have been 2015, November 2015. Okay, so 2015, I think. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I struggled with during that time was nothing that I said as far you kept on asking me, is this normal? Am I going to get better? Am I right. going to be okay? <clears throat> and it was incessant. I know. And, and this is not, this is not like, you, you have to understand, like, this was not necessarily Randy's personality. She wasn't asking these things as with legitimate concern. Right. It was more, um, the disease and the mental state and sort of the obsessive compulsive mm -hmm. need for reassurance, um, you know, you hear the same things over and over and over again, and you are encouraging, you know, I was always telling you, this is typical, you're not that interesting, <laughs> this is clinic, this is, you know, stereotypical mm -hmm. depression, and it may have worked for half a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you got something out of it, even if that was very little, but for me, it was like, I, I can say these things a hundred times mm -hmm. and it's not landing and it's, you're just not hearing it. So I think that aspect of um, the, the repetition of that um, episode probably clouds repetition in general life. Mm-hmm. When you, when you say things <laughs> over and over, not that they don't have value now, but I probably do hear them a little differently mm -hmm. than 
um, if we hadn't gone through that stretch where I was constantly reassuring you and it wasn't helping. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, in fact, unfortunately, my therapist told me that by you reassuring me, you were actually enabling a compulsive behavior. (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) And so I try now that I know that when I... The, my goal is that when I'm healthy, which I have been mm-hmm. most of the last three, oh, yeah. two and a half, three years, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I know now what my compulsive behaviors are mm-hmm. and I am aware of them. I can see them when they come up mm-hmm. or if you gently remind me, you know, this yeah. is, however, I do want to make sure that I clarify that. I don't believe that that at when we talked at that time, it was in that vein. It wasn't necessarily at that time like a compulsive. I wasn't in an unhealthy place. You mean recently. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I think, one, I need to be more cognizant of what, you know, listening carefully and, mm-hmm. and hearing um, what you're saying. But I think maybe we need to find... Uh, maybe a different way of of talking about those things that can be more more illustrative of what is actually going on so like instead of i need this maybe it's more of an explanation cuz really that's what happened when we hit our low point is you were actually you spelled out when you don't do this this is what i feel mm-hmm. this is like it was clear that, and I, I believe I may have asked this, is if Randy has done a lot of work on standing up for herself mm-hmm. um, with people at work, just people in her life, people generally. And even I could tell that the place that she still had that lingering sort of insecurity was with me, mm-hmm. right? Well, she got over that in a very passionate <laughs> way and it helped. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there was clearly a lot of build up to that, both on my inability to hear what you were trying to say to me. And then, um, your sort of fear of actually confronting me about these things mm-hmm. rather than, you know, kindly suggesting or, you know, even just the repetition was so benign that um, I couldn't recognize the degree of of the problem you were having. Mm-hmm. Do you want? Yes, I talk about it a lot that my love language is words of affirmations. I've said that like in three of the seven episodes now, <laughs> this being number seven and number three. Probably four. Maybe four. Okay. <clears throat> Um, I'm a very big believer in the love languages and how we express and receive love. Mm-hmm. And for me, it is words. Um, Phil is, uh, I believe, a prolific writer. Uh, mm-hmm. And his words mean a lot to me. And as do words from other people that I care about. Like, I just, that's how I, that's how I hear love. And... <clears throat> It's kind of been an ongoing thing in our relationship because I Phil has <laughs> things that he has written to 
other ladies in his life. Yeah. And uh, and I always felt well. I don't I don't feel insecure about it. Like, but in the beginning, I did. I felt mm-hmm. very um, like, why am I not worth you writing something to me? Like, you right, ri- right, right. Now, I I know you've heard this explanation a lot, but oh, our yeah. listeners haven't. But my my explanation for that was. I was so sort of socially, um, most of what I knew of romance or like courting or dating or whatever was from watching movies, romantic comedies in the eighties. Like I, a lot of my social structure was, or my social understanding was built around the movies that I watched. And that always meant like, there was always some sort of grand gesture or some sort of, you had to, uh, women were a thing to be won rather than, uh, more than anything else. And this is actually something I want to go deeper into because, um, that there's a sort of idea of possession there that I think is in this day and age is, is really gross. Um, and my, my views have changed a lot. Um, but regardless, so I always thought that there was, there needed to be some grand gesture to win the heart of the fair maiden. Um, and what I commonly used was these love letters. And the, the thing about that was the language I used was not indicative of the actual feelings if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like it was it was a hurdle i had to climb and since writing was easy to me those things took no effort and no risk no disrespect meant to the ladies who have um received those letters but they're really just uh, people are easily impressed by flowery language and and things like that. And if you read them, <laughs> I used a lot of the same language and the same ones over and over again. Um, writing was easy, um, and words are very easy to sort of trick people with. And unfortunately, that's where my head was at. Um was you know i had to sort of trick these girls into liking me or liking me to the point of dating me you felt you had to yes yeah. did i not say that you just said i had to trick oh yeah i felt i had to yeah. trick them um so when i met randy instead of thinking this is a girl who deserves a love letter to me it was here is a girl that i finally don't have to i don't have to do this fake sort of um demonstrative presentation to get her to like me she just you know uh she just liked me for me and that was a, a, a point of relief for me. That I was just 
so thankful that I didn't have to do this sort of this this sort of trick um, in order to get her to like me. That was why that was I I detached writing from you right from the start, just because I know how inauthentic I felt doing that. I hated the fact that I felt I needed to do that to get girls to like me. And, you know, one of the things that I've said before is I hate being inauthentic. Well, those letters were inauthentic. Mm -hmm. They were crushes that I elevated through language to be something grander that they are than they were in order to in order to get people to like me girls to like me Mm -hmm. um so that was why whenever 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 randy sort of presented the 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 right i'd like you to write something for me i'd like to hear some words from you i always sort of bristled at it because that's what um that's what i did before and it didn't mean anything mm-hmm. um and i still had some sort of attachment to um i still attached the feeling of inauthenticity and and uh uh sort of a con man thing to to writing so um i i (laughs) i attached not having to write something to proof of how much i love you whereas you were like no you, you still should you should still probably write something dude and i have Yes, he has. Um, it isn't like we've gone through a decade of me just refusing to have anything on paper <laughs> that says, hey, I think you're nifty, lady. <laughs> um, and I'm not <clears throat> asking for pages and pages of right. writing. Um, and actually, I mean, to me, uh, it was heartening to listen to that podcast and um, hear that you were you were happy learning these things about me as far as my social issues and things like that. Um, because it just would never occur to me to talk about those things, not because I'm hiding them or anything or just, but just because like, that's just the way I am. And I figure you pick up on, on these things and, um, I don't necessarily, um, I'm plenty introspective, but I'm not introspective. I don't document my introspection, if that makes sense. Um, so it was nice to hear that just doing this podcast um, helps mm-hmm. us in terms of our communication. Um, <laughs> not that we're going to come on here and air our dirty laundry. But we clearly we will discover things about ourselves just by doing this mm-hmm. this podcast and and having that that sort of um, that freedom structured freedom to sit down do this talk about some things and um, stuff comes up. Mm-hmm. So that's like the history behind all of 
That is the history between my resistance to writing my wife a love letter. (laughs) Oh, that sounds terrible when I say it like that. Um, And so our anniversary came Mm -hmm. on June 5th, our eighth anniversary, wedding anniversary. We've been together for almost 11 years now, Mm -hmm. married for eight. Um, And... I I know I've logically I am well aware of the fact that whenever I set expectations I fail them. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, like uh it's just a life thing. You when you expect something, chances are things are not going to necessarily live up to your expectations. They're not well I don't know if live up to it. That's probably things are rarely going to go down exactly like as you, you imagine. Imagine them. they're going sure. To. Anyway, my expectation was that since we had had that conversation mm-hmm. on the podcast, where I didn't hear anything, and I asked relentlessly <laughs> for some words. Um, I was hoping for some little romantic words. Words. On our anniversary. And I did not provide said words. <laughs> it wasn't even like a happy anniversary on the whiteboard. In fact, I saw something. We have a whiteboard on our refrigerator. And I walked out into the dining room. And I could see the whiteboard from the dining room. And I could see writing on there. And I was like, oh, you left me a little note. And I walked in there. And it was something like. Can you get me some soda at the grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god! It's funny because it's horrifying. <laughs> so, looking at that, I guess i I can see how that expectation wasn't fair. Although on the other side, I feel like it is fair because I asked, I specifically stated. What my expectations were. Like, I, yeah. they weren't expectations that were unclear. No. No. And there's, that might be what, that might be a, a defining point is, like, if you have expectations of other people that you don't explicitly state, you cannot, it's not fair to hold somebody to those expectations. Right. In this case, I f- I felt like they were fair expectations because I wasn't asking for Phil to go out and spend thousands of dollars on me or even even $50 on no, flowers. No, in fact, that probably would have made you angry. Yeah, I probably would have been. I'm not like, I don't need um, expensive jewelry or, you know, I love flowers, but um, I also like to be a little more frugal. Maybe if he would have gotten the flowers at Aldi, I would have been happy. <laughs> but um, in this case, it was really like, and and I will, I don't expect, like when I say a gift to me is just someone telling me how much they love me or appreciate me or just, you know, something nice, that is to me the the 
best gift I could ever receive. Well, and here's what's particularly offensive about this year is in the past six months or so, you've become a different person. Like, I don't want this to sound condescending, but it's probably gonna. Um, Part of what has always drawn me to you is this this potential I see um, as far as how smart you are, your personality, um, you can do great things. And this past year, when you started going to the Church of Rachel, <laughs> uh, she's going to be listening to this. Yes, we are talking about you, Miss Rachel. Miss Rachel, you know who you are. <laughs> um, it was like she unlocked a door. Yeah. And you have been more assertive. Um, you have been um, relentlessly focused on self-improvement, career improvement, um, just sort of making yourself the best person that you can be. Um, and it's been awesome. It's so fun to see. You know, even when... Even when Randy will send me like six podcasts in a day, like, hey, can you listen to all these? And I'm like, ah, I'll try. <laughs> I have podcasts too. Um, it's it's just cool to see Randy. It's cool to see you passionate mm-hmm. about something, especially when um, you've had... Uh, You've had things that you've attached to for, you know, a, a period of time, but it, it's been clear almost from the start that this is something that's going to stick. Like yes. this was a a personality change that um, set a new bar yeah. for what you are trying to be, what you want to be. It's very similar to... You know, I don't know if I ever, did I ever talk about the King David statue on here on the podcast? I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna, it, I, I don't, don't think it ever made air if you did. Okay, well, I'll try not to cry because I mean we might as well make it a, a tradition for me to cry on the podcast. But um, my and my mentor Becky is another one who has really helped me to unlock a lot of these things that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there have been a lot of things and people in my life, especially in the last year, that have helped me to get to the place I am now. Right. Um, and one of the things that I was talking with my mentor Becky about is, um, you know, I I was saying how I had these desires for myself to grow and 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 um, improve and be the best version of myself I can be, and I just felt like. I kept, I wasn't getting to the point where I was like adding the right thing to the mix or finding exactly what I needed or whatever, whatever. Right. And she told me, she said, asked me if I had ever heard the, uh, basically Michelangelo crafted this beautiful statue of King David. And when he was finished with it, the people came up, some people came up to him and asked him, how did you make this beautiful statue out of uh, out of a piece of rock and he said i just carved away 
the pieces that weren't David. Mm -hmm. And she said, that's all you're doing. You're carving away the things that aren't Randy. Right. And like, even now I'm tearing up. Like, that's how much that story impacted me. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I kept thinking that I needed to find just the right thing, add just the right thing to my life to make myself better. And that made me finally realize that what I needed was inside of me. I just had to unlock it. Right. And find it. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. And I guess that proves my point that I, I knew you were such a catch. I just had to keep <laughs> realizing. But no, it, it's like, yeah, I, I think the fact that you aren't, that it's about subtraction versus addition is very true because it's not like um it's not like anything that you are doing is uh is is anything that hasn't always been a part of your personality mm-hmm. you've you've built a foundation of people who are really encouraging you in the right ways um and it's allowed you to be a a positive influence on other people around you. Mm-hmm. So I guess the point being, I picked the absolute worst year to, to fail on the anniversary front because you've, you've done so much. What else have we not told about that story? Where was so, our story? Well, <laughs> you what's I had to go to work and you were up, you got up in the morning yeah, I couldn't sleep. Yeah. So I'm usually not up when Randy goes to work. Right. But I was, I couldn't sleep. Um, probably because the universe was telling me, like, buckle up. <laughs> probably. Um, and Randy and I sort of had a, a, the start of a conversation about how I, how she was really disappointed and hurt that I had not done anything. I had not followed through on all of her, um, all of her hinting. I had not gotten any of it and I apologized profusely and, and then she went to work. And I hated going to work cause I really don't like to leave something hanging. That's a, that's something else I really need to work on because I do. Um, I, one of the things that I still need to work on is that fear that one little episode is going to cause someone I love to decide that I'm not worth sticking around for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of, the, I think it's, it is the one thing left and the reason why I, I hadn't pushed harder to I don't want to say demand but I guess I'll say demand like you to listen yeah to what I was asking for right and so because I because don't, that you thought you essentially thought standing up for yourself would cause me to be like I don't need this shit. Yeah. And walk out on you or something. Yeah. <laughs> Which is outrageous. Let's just put that like out there. Is that is that is not a um a belief grounded in 
reality. I know exactly where this belief comes from in my own life. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I just have to figure. I got to. I got. It's one thing that I, I have to work on mm-hmm. um, because it is the block to truly being able to like if someone isn't very i've gotten to the point where i can stand up for myself with people who aren't like deeply meaningful in my life Mm -hmm. and i don't mean that to no it it makes it yeah yeah it makes sense um so now i just have to get to the point where i can be assertive with the people that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, I think it's people who support you that you worry about. Because if, if you lose someone who, a person you just sort of generically or generally intersect with, there's no loss with that. But I think when it comes to someone that you you rely on for support, for support and, you know, that support is something that, um, is vital to you um, it's much scarier to even put the smallest amount of risk that's something that can really harm you in terms of you know in this case you are hurting but you are afraid that the hurt might get greater if you sort of you know now that I think it. about it um, actually this something's becoming clearer to me um, do you remember when I told you about the conversation I had with my boss? This is going to sound really bad if I say no. No, no, no. It's okay. Cause I don't even know that I recall telling you about it. I, I don't think know I know which one. I don't think I do. I get a lot of lessons from her. So yeah. <laughs> it could be a multiple multitude of things, but, um, this one in particular really hit me, um, because it set off light bulbs. Like it was a, like, whoa, it helped me to understand a lot of things. And I actually think it might help to explain this some. So we were going through some things at work in which um, we were having to have crucial conversations with with our team. And Mm -hmm. in order to be stronger, we had to be more honest and transparent about our feelings. And um, in order to get to the other side, we all had to be very um, upfront. And in talking with my boss, she asked me, did something ever happen in your life where like you were hurt and some and and nobody thought to comfort you or to help you feel better? Mm -hmm. Because what it seems like you do is you project your fears onto other people. And so in doing so, you're trying to protect them from your words. So it's not like you're, it's not maybe like I'm trying to protect myself. It's like Mm -hmm. I'm trying to protect someone else in the way that I wish that someone had protected me. Right. In a situation. And I just started sobbing in her office, like uncontrollably. Yeah. And I was like, there's obviously something to this. I don't know exactly what it is. (laughs) (laughs) But... I can tell, like, I, um, I can tell I do that. Like, I can tell, like, if I received this message, it would really hurt me. So how can I give it to this person in a way that doesn't make, cause them to go through those negative feelings? 
And in doing so, I do them a disservice and I do myself a disservice because I cannot, I can't shield other people from potential disappointment, hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I don't, I, I can't pretend like I'm a mind reader and think that these things are going to land with them the same way they land with me. Right. We all have different wounds and different experiences. And, and so something that really causes me hurt or anger or it might not even affect somebody else. And right. so by, by um, filtering what I'm feeling, I am not being my authentic self. And I thought I was doing it for positive reasons. And I, and I am, I have good intentions, but it's not having the best outcome for no. either party. And then looking at it that way, it just like, it just clicked. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder if that has even more to do with it than my fear that someone's going to leave me. I wonder if... You couldn't live with hurting somebody. Yeah. I, I think that probably is a part of how we enter, we tend to interact. Because there is a sort of... Um, you are sort of timid or there's always a sense of you're pulling back a little bit um when you present these things whether it's you do it sort of half laughing or um it it really wasn't until um that conversation in the kitchen and then when i came home and apologized and you were like i don't give a fuck (laughs) i did not say that You did, and you did. did you did the Oprah finger, no, and I then did you not. shook your head. You're like, um, "No, she did not that. She did not say that." Um, in so many words, but I was to the point where, <coughs> and and here this backs up what we were just talking about is when you got home and apologized. I was laying in bed, and I was to the point where I was like, "I'm hurting." And honestly, I don't really, I think you might deserve to hurt a little bit here too. <laughs> right. Um, and so I was not filtered with my communication. I wasn't like yelling at you. No. I was explaining why the things that, why it all had upset me. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so the when we talked that night, it finally, I, I was like, you know what? I... If this hurts you, I don't. She was not into my words <laughs> that night. She didn't want my words. And yeah, I mean, knowing that you felt, knowing that you made your wife feel that awful, guess what? That kind of lands a little bit. I wish we had not, I wish we had had more sort of straightforward conversations about it before we got to that point. Um, but yeah, I will never say it wasn't useful. I, I got, I got the point. So how did you feel? How did you feel in the, let's like in the, in the pool? How did you feel in the several days after that occurred? We were going on vacation the next week, I'm pretty sure, too. No, I think I slept pretty well that night. Oh. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I think it was really big um, that I knew that you had heard me that t- that time. Yeah. I knew it. Well, that's good. Yeah. I saw you starting to take action. I raised my hands in the victory. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that landed with me was... I absolutely will not accept being a bad husband and being a bad dad. The conversation for me was illustrative of the fact that I was perhaps failing on those fronts. Certainly not doing the best that I could be doing. Pointing out or having it pointed out that I needed to focus on those things instead of just sort of uh, uh, mindlessly coasting on those things was really, really important for um, sort of my understanding. Um, one of the things that happens when you sort of deal with depression and, and things like that is you go get so far inside your head that you don't take care of the people around you in the way that you should or you don't. Um, you don't give them the consideration that you're giving yourself inside your head. Um, And it has helped just being mindful of the fact that being a dad and being a husband is something I need to focus on. And it is something that is going to take work, not just something that uh, is a, is a box that is checked married father. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, in the past month, since that has happened, I've been trying to be mindful of that and to, you know, uh, think of things that, that we can do together that are, that interest me like doing movie nights, but then also, um, being open to things that, um, wouldn't be the first things that I would volunteer to do. You know, and and that's some of those things have been bigger successes than others. Um, the I never in a million years would have thought of going to Wisconsin Dells, but we did, and it was one of the most fun weeks we've probably had as a family. It was awesome. Turns out I'm we're not much of a hiking family. Maybe I I love to hike, and Phil and Rory. I'm still, we're not, I'm not giving up. No. Where did we go? We went to Starved Rock. Starved Rock. Should be called Lots of Weeds. Because pretty much all we saw was greenery and like one cliff. Yeah. So. (laughs) ah. It was, it, it was a lot of me walking and hiking and then having to stop and wait for Phil and Rory to catch up. Now, don't say it like I was stopping to whatever. I was trying to stay with Rory. I know. Because. And um, also, I'm a very fast walker. Those two things combined. Are, wasn't. It, it didn't I'm, work out. No, but I'm not going to give up on it. We're, we're still going to keep trying. Try some places. Yeah. Um, and part of the problem is that, like, I. It's, I don't, I only have really two speeds. It's like zero or, <laughs> or as fast as I can go. Yeah. 
And so I have to I have to work on um being a little bit more patient. Modulation. Yeah. Um was there anything you wanted to touch on besides our our little postmortem on that? Uh, no, I just I do want to say that I have really appreciated your extra effort that you've been making. Thanks. In the last month and you know, I think part of the thing for us is that our relationship has always always seemed pretty effortless. Mhm. Um but has that effortlessness masked someone not being completely honest with how they're feeling or tempering their feelings? Maybe. You know, I I think I don't think until recently I actually necessarily knew. That might have been something that was illuminated by all the yeah. sort of self-improvement stuff you've been doing. Right, right. <clears throat> um, I just, I have, it's like, like, it's like my life has gone from black and white to technicolor. Yeah. It's really been illuminating in terms of just everything what i want and and i and i can speak to the fact that <clears throat> um that description is is valid because it's almost like you have gone to from black and white to technicolor like not that you are ever black and white but there there's certain a certainly a a uh a boost in luminance <laughs> um that's occurred over the past six months and that you're continuing to continuing to work on, which yeah. is, which is cool. You are, you are set in growth mode mm-hmm. sort of permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And actually I even had a couple people say that they could tell that I, they kind of use the word glow, like not in a pregnancy but but they i mean they could tell that i was like i don't know just more vibrant more alive more peaceful and i think present as well yeah um which is something that that i need to work on yeah um meditation oh meditating has been Mm life-changing something that i we probably haven't addressed but I, I think the fact that we work two different shifts yeah. in our time together is 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 limited by mm-hmm. that probably amplifies a lot of this stuff um, a great deal. Yeah. I've always been a person that like on my weekends, I just kind of want to sort of decompress and and uh, just be free of work brain and you know, Randy has made it clear, like we need to make use of the time that we have together. Um, and we've been making an effort as, as a family to, to be mindful of that planning things on Sundays and and Mondays. Um, and I think that has made a big difference. Mm -hmm. We're the, I'm the type of person that like, if you ask me, Hey, let's go to Bad example, but let's go to Starve Rock on Sunday. And you ask me on Saturday, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. And then I spend the whole day Saturday thinking about it. But we started putting things on the calendar and just like 
we know we're going to do those things yeah. on Sunday and it's, it's helped a lot. So hanging over all of this is the fact that our, I work second yeah. shift and you work well, like not a human being. Right. Not only do you work second shift, but you also have weird days off. So yeah, we don't. Sunday, Monday. It's yeah. not like I have weekends off. Right. So we don't get Friday night or Saturday to hang. Right. So we're very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am just praying every day that that's going to change. Yeah. You never know. Things change in a hurry. Yeah, they do. So one of the things that I do want to mention is going back to the CrossFit thing that I started a new gym on Monday, which is a really big deal for me. I I love to be active and work out and Mm -hmm. took some time off to just kind of focus on some internal work. Mm -hmm. And now that I've gotten good momentum in that area of my life and I know what I'm doing more, um, I can get back to focusing on my actual, my temple, my body. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and, 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 and it kind of like, I've been, the way I've been describing it is it's like my overall wellness is a puzzle and there was just one block missing. And I've just put that piece, like going to the gym, just put that, that last block in there. And now I just feel like I'm running on all cylinders again. Um, it's Mm. just opened up you know, having like before I was really focused on my physical health right? to the detriment of my emotional well-being and my spiritual well-being. And yeah, um, and I had done work with my emotional well-being, but and that kind of for me tends to go hand in hand with the physical health. But taking some time off to really focus on that emotional health and spiritual health and then now adding that physical health back in because that's a place where I excel a little bit more. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I just feel like this week I texted Phil earlier and um, this week and I said I just feel like um, I just have this renewed sense of light and purpose. And I don't know. It's just been really good. Yeah. Funny thing about the gym is I, I, I knew that that was a, a, a point of particular pride for you and that it was something that you really enjoyed but how do you tell your wife like hey you ever gonna get back to working out and not have that go completely the wrong way yeah um you know i i i knew that you know it's like crack for you but yeah i was not gonna poke that bear by saying Hey, you ever going to work out again? Or, you know, I, so I was happy to see you, uh, chase that down on your own. Yeah. And I'm really in the last six to eight months, one of the things that I have, um, kind of adopted, it's nothing new. It's biblical is the idea of seasons in your life. And, um, that has really resonated with me in terms of, you know, like I went through a season where I just really needed to focus on just take a step back from that, the, the, the physical so that I could focus more on getting things. I had, I had neglected a lot of internal work Yeah, that I needed to, to sharpen. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like, 
I don't know. I just feel good, but I'm so sore. <laughs> so sore. <laughs> I've never done CrossFit before. I've always done, you know, the traditional, you know, I played sports in high school and then the traditional weightlifting and um, running and yeah, but I've never done CrossFit. I, I, when I was working out at the gym before this one, I started at a new gym and um, we did CrossFit-esque workouts. Right. But cro- this takes it to a whole new level mm-hmm. and I just love it so much. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I'm glad. And it's just so cool because I truly felt like I needed some space from my last gym. Yeah. Um, nothing against the people the people are amazing and i i i i'll 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 always appreciate the time i had with them as a gym family Mm -hmm. but the space just had some negative energy associated with it for me so um you know i started searching around and did some googling and I i actually signed up to do a a test session at one of the gyms in across the river and something kept telling me keep looking keep looking there's I knew I couldn't I didn't know of where else there would be a gym like in town. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm just going to Google it one more time. And it just happened to pop up this time. I was like, what? I've never heard of this gym. They just opened in April. It was like exactly what I needed. It's perfect in every way. I love it so much. Good. Yeah. Well, that's a good place to stop. Yeah. For today. Uh-huh. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, who knows what we'll be doing next, but uh, I will be starting in August, starting a project of 365 films in 365 days, give or take. Um, and we're going to be doing some interesting stuff with that. So stay tuned. Um, once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you here you next We won't do anything with you. You'll hear us next week. (laughs) Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.